All right, Casey, what did you bring? I brought a big fat journal. A fat journal, all right. And Ricardo, what did you bring? I brought a t-shirt. Ooh, look at that, repping, all right. <laughs> Welcome to both of you and to any of you who are listening and watching this to the podcast, Not Quite Strangers. My name is Valerie Hope and I am your host. And I am so glad that every time I have a wonderful opportunity to meet and introduce some people, you guys get a chance to peek in to that conversation. I have two gentlemen here who have not met each other. Well, they met like 20 minutes ago <laughs> and uh, we'll have a meaningful conversation. But the podcast more than anything is an opportunity to build connection, inspire curiosity, and in some way, shape or form challenge status quo. If you have not already subscribed to the podcast, please go to notquitestrangers.com and subscribe so that you get this episode and many others directly in your inbox. Or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Connect to Joy. And with that said, let's start off with these two gentlemen. So I know Casey, Casey Field here out in California because he and I are colleagues at the Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute. So we go way back a whole year, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, before the dinosaurs, we've known before each other. Before the dinosaurs. Well, kind of, you know, before the pandemic, like pre-pandemic is like a whole thing. Well, yeah, because life just reset after that. So it did. We call it PP now. Twenty twenty one PP. <laughs> Post pandemic, pre pandemic. Oh, got it. I mean, that wasn't the name that I that I got from that, but that's good. That's good. Never mind. We're this is a, this is PG. <laughs> got it. So so Casey invite I invited Casey because a you have just a wonderful sense of people. You're a people person, and um, your your history in the armed forces, actually specifically Air Force, I thought would make a really interesting conversation. And to introduce you to my little brother. Well, <laughs> I think I'm, 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 I'm gonna miss that. Did you say something? <laughs> Ricardo Hope. So Ricardo Hope, affectionately <laughs> known by the family of Ricky. So I'm sorry, I'm gonna call you Ricky because it's my show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also um has been a, actually a previous podcast guest before he was on time to come alive and i will gladly put the link because he he had some you know interesting i would say nuggets let's call it that <laughs> during that interview but more than anything ricky you too you have a great sense of humor i thought you and casey kind of resemble each other. <laughs> wow. Everyone with a beard looks alike, right? Is that what it is? It's the it ball, must be. beard. Yeah. I don't know. There's something. Um, and also to share your experience in the Marines. But the two of you, I think, beyond the Armed Forces connection, are also really devoted fathers. And so that was the other piece. I'm like, you know, that's going to be interesting to, to have a conversation to men who devoted their lives to the Armed Forces, but also to their families. And that's kind of what I decided would be a nice thread to pull into our conversation. But before we go into that, I'm curious, why did you say yes to being on this podcast? Uh, for me, I said yes, one, because it's you, Valerie. That's the, that's the top answer. Um, and two, I thought it would be really interesting to get to know Ricardo. Um, I have been listening to what you've been doing on your podcast, Time to Come Alive. Like you said, we've known each other for a while now, and I thought it was a great opportunity. So, um, yeah, I'm here now, and I'm just delighted to be here with you. Right on. Good. Thanks, Casey. And Ricky, why did you say yes? I, I think I said, <laughs> I think you, uh, you twisted my arm, and you said, if I don't do it, you'll never come visit me and the kids again. Uh Oh, that's not what you said? Oh, it, was not, oh. it wasn't about the <laughs> No, I think um, we, we kind of talked about it as you were developing this, this concept. And uh, I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. This is neat. And then we, we talked about like having those people that you, especially in the military, you see it all the time. You move somewhere and you don't know somebody, but they know somebody you know. And it's like, oh, before you know it, they're your friends. So I thought, oh, that's, that'd be a pretty cool concept on the podcast. And so here we are. Hey, cool. So thank you so much. Yeah, Ricardo and his daughter, Carly, actually had a large role 
and like configuring all the things that went into this and putting it all together. So thank you both. So now I've asked each of you to bring something to share about yourselves. So let's start with you, Casey. You said you brought a journal. What's this big fat journal about? This big fat journal was actually inspired um, to be created, I think it was my last month in the military. And as I was transitioning out, I um, caught a viral in infection that actually led to sepsis and I was in the hospital and they gave me a 50-50 chance of living. And I just had my son Oliver at the time. He wasn't even six months old. And so as I was sitting in the hospital, I didn't get to see him. You know, I only got to see my wife, Holly. And I thought to myself in that moment, if I don't have anything, you know, I, I want to be able to, to let this, this little human, you know, my son know exactly how much I care about him and share stories with him. If I don't get the chance to do that anymore. So when I wrote the first entry, I thought it was going to be one of 10, right? Um, and it's been seven years now. And I write journal entries to both him and my youngest son now. Wow. Once, you know, every month or, or twice a month, uh, just to let him know what's going on with the world, like the world we live in and try to give life lessons that I'm probably not going to be able to give as they're an adult because I'm not in that situation. So this journal is very important to me. So wow. I'm so happy that you asked for us to bring something. That's beautiful. And I'm glad that the 50-50 chance that you were given actually paid off. That's good. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad. Um, so you, you have two children, two-year-old and- uh, Seven-year-old. Seven-year-old, okay. Mm -hmm. And they haven't seen the journal yet. You're just, just accumulating entries. At some point, you'll give it to them. Yeah, um, they haven't seen it. And it's funny because I'll take like pictures of them in the moment and then I'll put them, I'll show them the picture and then I'll put it in the journal and kind of write something about it. Um, and they have no idea. They're going to look back and be like, oh, dad, why are you taking, oh, that's right. This picture goes with this story. And, you know, some of it's, you know, just fun stuff. But uh, my hope is to make a few volumes and if they get time to you know, they'll read it and they'll just remember that they, you know, because my wife writes in this too, that they have two parents that really cared about them and, you know, really loved them and oh. maybe had to make hard choices sometimes, yeah. but yeah. Oh, that's lovely. And Ricky, I see you nodding your head. What's, what's, uh, what's your reaction to that? That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, it is, it's, uh, you're basically thinking about your, your legacy to your, your children in a, in a way that's not material. It's, you know, it's, it, I, mean, it, I love how you said um, the situations you're in, it's going to be hard to kind of think back as to, oh, this is what it was like then. And so being able to capture your thoughts in the moment gives it a little bit more poign poignancy. Um, so that's, I thought that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Cool. And Ricky, what did you bring? Um, <laughs> so mine is just a, a t-shirt. Um, this is a t-shirt which is amazing that it's lasted so long, but um, bought it in Camp Lejeune. Um, it had to be around 2000, 2001. So it's, uh, it's about 20 years old and there's no holes in it. So that's, wow. that's, a, that's a, and you know, it gets worn often, so. And what does it a, mean to you? Um, it's just representative of my, my service in the Marine Corps. Um, it's kind of an old style t-shirt kind of, a, it was a throwback then. Um, and so just one of those things like I get to remember, oh yeah, I was, you know, I was a Marine. I got to be part of the club for, for a little bit. So I'm curious about, so first of all, that's one of the ties, right? Between the two of you is the armed forces. So what was it about the armed forces that changed you or impacted you the most? Like looking back now, both of you have been out now for, Casey, how long have you been out? Uh, eight years. Eight years. Mm -hmm. And Ricky for three, two? No, uh, so a year and a half. Year and a half only? Oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah. now looking back, what was like the biggest impact that the the military had on your lives that mattered to you? I think the biggest thing for question. Yeah, I think for me it was just the uh, just the different opportunities I got to have, the people I get to got to serve with. Um, 
I'm just in places that, that my family has gone to, which that's a that's probably the biggest impact. Case, mm-hmm. okay, so what about you? Uh, you know, for me, there was, you know, there was a ton of impact for me. Uh, I I joined the military at 17 to kind of get out of a place that I really didn't want to be in as a kid. And so it gave me the opportunity to do that. And then, you know, just like Ricardo said, travel around the world, you know, embrace and, and you know, grain myself in other cultures, learn a lot about myself. And I think that's in the military is the first time I really understood the value of, you know, chosen family where, you know, sometimes, you know, I guess you might say water is thicker than blood when you're talking about, you know, your chosen family. Um, because you really just vibe with people and you realize that, you know, there's just this connection that you don't find anywhere else. You go through a lot of stuff together and they become, you know, your brothers and sisters. So Mm. those are the biggest impacts for me. Yeah. Are you, so what is, what is your relationship now with people that you served with? Um, well, I have, uh, I, I keep in contact with a few people that I served with most importantly, um, is, you know, I've, I've got uh, my best friend. He was my best man at my wedding and I consider him my, my dear, dear brother. Um, his name is Corbin. And, uh, you know, his, I'm godfather to his, his daughter. And um, so we, we keep in contact, um, not as much as I'd like, but he's over in Germany. He still um, works in government work over there. So, um, but yeah, it's been an amazing relationship. Like, it's so funny because Ricardo, you might be able to relate to this. Like, even though, you know, you're, you kind of, I think Ricardo, you were talking about this earlier, your buddies get separated and, and then you can just run into them or you can just pick up the phone and it's like, there's no time that passed whatsoever. Yeah, like, like you never skip the beat. Yeah. <laughs> never, skip the beat. never skip the beat. It's amazing. Ricky, you have a similar situation, right? With your um, friend, the person that you're most in touch with in the military, right? Um, uh, somewhat, I guess we, yeah, R- R- Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> so we were roommates at, um, um, at, we were at the basic school and we've always just kind of, you know, every once in a while, blue moon, we'll, we'll you pick up the phone and talk, but just the same thing. Um, never really skip a beat in terms of, uh, what's going on. I remember one time he, uh, he was stationed in Iwakuni, Japan, and his family came down to, uh, to Okinawa for a little vacation type thing. And, uh, they couldn't go to where they were going, but they were in the area and we're like, hey, why don't you just come over? So he came over with his, you know, his family and his kids and like our kids and you know, they'd never really met. But they were like, Oof. They we're were like, not quite strangers. <laughs> exactly. Right. But they <clears throat> but they were like, you know, fast friends and they're like, oh, I don't want to leave. I want to play with, you know. Um, and so I think that extends, you know, from you know, between the service members, but also to their families. Like, you know, we just form really uh, fast bonds. Um, I, I think a little faster than you would in a civilian side. What would you attribute that to? Both of you have said that that connection, right? That water's thicker than blood in those cases. But aside from the shared, we're in the same role, or in, you know, maybe stationed someplace else. What do you think it, it mm. would attribute to that connection, that trust? I think um, primarily the experiences. You kind of have an idea of where they, they came from. Like, oh, you did these things. I did similar things. And then you can, you know, you kind of get over the formalities of who are you? Where are you from? What did you do? It almost doesn't matter that, you know, what state you came from. It's like, oh, you were in this service or this MOS or you were stationed in this location. You were, you know, you just form bonds really quickly that way. Yeah, I, I think like, you know, just to kind of, you know, build on what Ricardo was saying, like when I hear you say that, Ricardo, I'm just reminded of like how the military is not a job. The military is a life. So when you meet people, the first time you meet them, you're really incorporating them into your life. It's not like you're just going to see them eight hours a day and then, you know, you're gone. So um, those kind of, and then of course you have so many things in common that you can bond over and it just transcends like all the other divisive stuff that we could say that are differences you've got so many things that you can bond over and then it just starts like ricardo said that really quick friendship mm. so you guys are clearly 
meeting each other for the first time. We both served in different different branches of the forces, right? So Casey mm -hmm. Air Force, Ricardo Marines. So what are those questions? Like, what would you guys ask each other or t tell each other just knowing that? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I've been kind of holding back, like, I, <laughs> I'd like to know, okay, so Casey, what was your MOS? Uh, my, my MOS, we, we call it uh, an AFSC was uh, 3PO and that's security forces. So it's uh, okay. uh, law enforcement. All right. Um, and then what um, duty stations uh, were you in or were you stationed? This, Ricardo, these are really great questions. I'm like, man, he's going to go for it. He's like, that's because Air Force and Marines, let me, just get, let me just get this out in the open. You guys don't do much. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say. I didn't say that. I did not say that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to like, you know, it's like sizing you up. Like, okay, so, okay, so. Security forces, all right. So now what locations? And, and then yeah. at that point, maybe, maybe there's some places that we, you know, that we were together or just maybe the same, the yeah. same ground. Well, um, I got to tell Valerie, like, this is what, when, especially with sister services, <laughs> this is what they do. Like, this is the first thing that yeah. we, we do. Uh, but no, I, you said you were in Iwakuni. I passed through Iwakuni. My second duty station was in Misawa, Japan. Ah, okay. All right. So up there, up north. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I was in Misawa for uh, for a minute. I absolutely loved every bit of it. My first duty station was Barksdale. Oof. Uh, <laughs> why, did, why is that? Why oof? I mean, we're there. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so we, we have a we have a, a state um, a base bar, um, Barstow mm -hmm. um, that's just kind of it's out there. It's not like a, a favorite place. It's not like oh Kaneohe, Hawaii or San Diego. Yeah, um, it's like you're just out there in the in the desert, the California <laughs> desert, I guess. God. Yeah, yeah. I was this Barstow was in Louisiana. It's uh, in the Arklatex. Uh oh. But I mean, you're, I mean, the, the comment you made was like spot on. <laughs> it was definitely a oof type of place. I don't know. Uh, moving on after, <laughs> after Japan, after Misawa, Japan, I came to Air Force Base out here in California. And I've been here ever since. And I think, let's see if my math is right. This is probably the longest I've been in any one place in my entire life. Yeah. Wow. Where were you besides uh, Iwakuni? Um, so I was in I was in Okinawa, not Yamakuni. Oh. Um, but let's see. I uh, started off in school in Quantico, then Lejeune, then Paris Island, South Carolina, then back to Quantico, then to to San Diego, California, uh, Miramar, mm -hmm. and from there school in Kansas, then to Hawaii. Wow. Um, I was at Camp Camp Smith. And then we went to Okinawa, Japan, and then back to Quantico, and then that's where I retired. Dang on. You went all over the place. <laughs> well, I was like, just one or two places, I guess. So it was, what, 20 years in the Marines. Casey, you were eight years? Yeah. 13. 13 years. 13 mm -hmm. years. So similar. So, okay. So at this point in time, right, so you've shared the, the data, right, where you were, the MOS, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. So then what happens? Like, what's the next question or what's the point of connection that you made besides like the places you've been? Um, so because our places never quite overlapped, it's because mm -hmm. then it'd be kind of like, if, let's say you were at um, the Kadena Air Force Base in Okinawa, then it's like, oh, when were you there? Where did you go? What places you go to? That kind of thing. So mm -hmm. you explore those, you pull that thread in terms of similarities. Uh, but what I would ask, though, because we actually looked at going to Misawa, that was one of my, like, uh, uh, I think dreams, I guess you could almost say, because I wanted to go up to the ice festival. Um, yeah, in uh, I can't remember where it was. But it was up there in the, the northern prefecture in Japan. Yeah. And Misawa was, was going to be the closest place that we can kind of stay on base and then just take the train up that way. Mm -hmm. um, but the, like, I heard, you know, there's a lot of snow. And so where we are, in, where we were in Okinawa, no snow. You know, Misawa, you know, looking at pictures, just like, you know, yeah, it was. Know, it's almost like Canada. <laughs> yeah, the, Misawa, the Canada of Japan. <laughs> um, no, it was it was great because, I I mean, I always wanted to get down to to Okinawa, but it just it didn't happen. But 
honestly, if you still get a chance to go to the snow festival, man, that thing is on point. It's up in uh, Hokkaido Prefecture. Um, I want to, Valerie. Yes. I'm listening to your question and. And you're like, besides all the data, it almost sounds like you want us to go a little deeper. Is that right? Why would I want that? No. I, I, mean, <laughs> I could bring it deeper, but I did oh, want to, I, I wanted a, a, a small disclaimer for the two of, of my guests here. Both of them have uh, children in the vicinity. And so mm -hmm. you might hear some joyous sounds of youth. <laughs> <laughs> in the background and think so our little ones out of the house so that they're they're at our friend's house right now but, oh, the, okay. but the big ones that you might have seen her try to sneak in <laughs> that's all good we'll say hi if they come on camera but i did want to mention that in case people are like hearing any kind of background noise that might be distracting but i did say hey this is a family show so your family mm -hmm. should be a part of it no no worries um so going deeper so here's the thing i'm really curious about because um, Marines, Air Force, not, do you guys have a football team? Is there like an army Navy kind of mm -hmm. rivalry between them? Uh, academies, the academies, academies, yes. Right? Yeah. But the Marine doesn't have its own academy. It's just, it's part of the Naval Academy. Right. So not quite a direct link that way. I do know that the, the all Marine basketball team, you know, versus the all-marine air, you know, basketball, all, excuse me, all Air Force basketball team. There is some kind of rivalry there because right. Air Force has a lot of, uh, you know, they have a lot of their officers who went to the Air Force Academy and played basketball there on their Air Force team. At least that's what I've heard. That's why they usually do really well. But that's just my, that's a rumor on the street. Was that some shade? Was that shade? No, crazy? no. I mean, I, I, I felt a little bit and then, <laughs> and then also, I, Instead of just being like, yeah, they're a really good team. And Ricardo was like, well, you know, what happened was, because uh, you know, <laughs> the Air Force Academy, they, they were good there and they went to the I'm Air just, Force team. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, just throwing that out there. <laughs> no, but um, I want to go back to something you mentioned, Casey, because you did say when Ricardo asked you about your MOS, you were saying that, oh, this is just a way to, to like, diminish somehow or you didn't use that word but oh no not no diminish. Like, not diminish, not diminish. when 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 two people of different services get together it's just like that's the thing like it's not a hold on one second i'm sorry that's okay what would you say ricky um it's just a it's a a quick pulse check hey so <laughs> You know, did you have it as hard as I as I did? Because you know, Air Force lives in dormitories. They they eat four four star restaurants or five star restaurants. <laughs> and Marines, we eat MREs and we stay in you know in tents, you know two man tents, so usually or sometimes, you know a lot of times without tents. And so you know things are just a, a little different between the services. Yeah, man, twenty years in a tent. How did you make it? <laughs> You know, one day at a time. You just gotta, you just gotta, you know. Because, like, like, you know, usually when I run into, uh, you know, sister services, they'll be like, Air Force, huh? Huh. But you saw a lot of paper cuts in your life. Oh. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to go like that. You know? I mean, I, I, have a, I have a lot of stuff for the Air Force. Got a lot of Air Force friends um, as well. Uh, in fact, one of my good friends um, that we went to school together, he's a Air Force guy. He's an Air Force contractor. Um, but, you know, this, everyone is not immune to a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess, jawjacking kind of. Exactly. It comes, <laughs> it comes with like, but, you know, and it, but it's never in like, like we never do it in, in bad faith. You know, it's just kind of like that expectation. Yeah. You get together and then you kind of like, you know, have a few laughs, you know, make fun of each other a little bit. And then you just head out to like a bar or you like do some, I mean, that's just kind of the military way. It's a, it's yeah, a way of bonding. Yes. Bonding. Okay. I think, um, maybe just in this, yeah, you can see it in the military probably a little bit more so, but I think that happens with in, in normal friendships as well. You know, if you're, any of your, of your friends, you kind of have a, you know, you have this little banter back and forth, making fun of each other, but you know, all in good fun. Right. Not as a mean to tear people down, just to, yeah. you know, it's almost like, you know, kind of evening leveling the, the playing field, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. Got it. We, we have a, I mean, and there's a ton of overlap, like with my uh, AFSC, uh, you know, what other branches are called MOS. Um, we had 
all the other. What does AFSC stand for, Casey? Just for for the civilians uh, out there. Air Force Specialty Code. Specialty Code. Uh huh. And MOS stands for. Military Occupational Specialty. Got it. Okay, so now continue. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, so where I went to tech school at, um, we actually had the. I know the Navy. I'm pretty sure the Marines came in the Army. We all trained at the same base for law enforcement. So there's a lot of overlap. And then when we deploy, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's common for us to work side by side with other branches of service, whether we're patrolling together or something like that. Okay, so there's not, yeah, I, I get that is you obviously still respect one another, right? You both served. Absolutely. First and foremost, um, have now, both of you have deployed, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, uh, what? So, talk to us about that. So, what is talk to us? I am us now. <laughs> the world. I, I am asking for you the world. Thanks, buddy. I am asking for the world. <laughs> talk to us about that experience. What would you share with one another about that experience? I'd love for you guys to share that here. I guess it'd be just like. Um you know, uh, the same conversation we just had with, where were you stationed? Then it's, hey, where were you deployed to? Iraq, Afghanistan? Are there any you know, overlaps? You know, that kind where of were you deployed to? Uh, for me, it was uh, Iraq and then Afghanistan at Kandahar and then um, at Camp Lathanek. Yeah, so for me, I was, I was deployed to um, Qatar and then we did a lot of different missions to other bases in the general area as well. Okay. okay, so you were LUD? I was at LUD, yep. Ah, okay. What is that? It's, uh, I'm trying to think like, um, so LUD is, is kind of like, it's a hub, but it's where, you know, a lot of um, different branches, you know, come together and there's kind of like a, it's a stopping point. Like a staging base, yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Now, the more interesting piece for me, um, not that the military is not interesting, but it's so specialized. <laughs> and I'm like, I would just probably sit here and go, and what does that mean? And what does that mean? Oh, that's mm -hmm. interesting. And that would be boring. So, <laughs> <laughs> and this is your show, so. I, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to say it again, because I was like, oh, that's kind of odd. That's yeah, it's a little arrogant. <laughs> it's the people's show. <laughs> no, no, but I think that what, what's important too is the other piece that I thought would be a really nice um, tie for you guys, and, and Casey, you're demonstrating already. You you have a, you know two little ones back there, and, mm -hmm. and Rick, Ricardo, you have five five little and big ones. <laughs> they they range. Yes. So what is it like to be in the military with kids? Casey, you alluded a little bit to this when you were talking about your journal and kind of what you hope for them. But what 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 have you guys found is how how has your fatherhood been impacted by your experience in the military? I think for for me it's um it's just to not be you know I want my kids to not be afraid of hard work, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be sexy, it doesn't have to be exciting or exotic. Just you know somebody has to to, to you know dig the ditches or somebody has to you know move stuff from one place to the next, and it's not always going to be fun and exciting, but it needs to happen. And um, you know, I want to instill that kind of work ethic in my in my kids. How how do you go about that? Like what? I, I know some, I know your kids, so I'm curious, how's that going? <laughs> uh, it's a work in progress, but you know, it's a, we are lifetime learners. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so but I, I think it's, you know, I think part of it is just modeling, you know, what, what do they see us, you know, doing? Um, what do they, what do we allow them to do? And I mean, I, I try to think back to when I was, you know, their age, I didn't want to work hard. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, let me work hard because it's a good thing to do. I it, remember you know, that. I, I was waiting for it. Mm, mm, okay. <laughs> okay. No, <laughs> no but it, it, it's, I think it's one of those things where like, oh, clean your house or clean your room or put your stuff. I muted myself. It doesn't, it doesn't quite make sense until you're in your own space or in a, you know, in a roommate situation, you're like, oh my goodness, why don't you clean up after yourself? Am I like, you know, it's like you're basically holding the mirror in front of your face. It's like, am I like that? Ah, and so 
it becomes a little more real at that time. But right now, there's you know, there's still kids and they're growing up, and so they just, you know, it's one of those things. That over time, they will pick up on some of these things, and hopefully, they implement it in their lives as well. So, Rick, Rick, Ricky, share with Casey because he doesn't know this. I, I don't think I shared this much with him, but share with him like your kids, the age, all of that, the, the oh, bio okay. data. <laughs> the, the bio data. Let's see. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta look it up here. <laughs> <clears throat> so, so like, like Valerie said, uh, five kids. Um, oldest just turned fifteen. So fifteen. Uh, well, four girls and one boy, the boy smack dab in the middle. So 15, 12, 10, six, and four. Um, kids go to three different schools, you know, high school, middle school, elementary school. Um, and I know people are like, oh my goodness, five kids. It, it was, you know, go from zero to one. That was like, oh my goodness, the world changes. Uh, one or two seemed like, oh, this is, this is busy. Um, Three was like harder, but then it, I think you can see this too. Your oldest is, is more independent. And so as the kids get older, it's just a different type of you know, stress. Um, you know, like, oh, I mean, I, I gotta give it up for those parents who have like twins or multiples or they're all in the same age. So it's just the scale of work is much harder. Um, but I think that's, uh, at least for me, that my experience has been you know, five isn't as difficult as it seems. It's just, we just need a bigger car and a bigger house to, for everyone to, to live in. That's, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. And, and probably larger amounts of patience, <laughs> larger uh, amounts at, of- At times, at yeah. times, yeah. <laughs> you have to give it up for parents with multiple. So Casey should know Ricardo's a twin. Oh, really? Yeah. So, wow. so my mom had, uh, my brother and I were twins, but I think we were good kids. Right. We had a big sister who took care of us, and <laughs> she was the best thing for our family. Yeah, I, I said it. <laughs> Checks in the mail. <laughs> We're going to edit that in post. We're going to edit that. Oh, by the way, I don't edit any of the shows. So whatever is shown, it is shown, just so you know. Um, so good. Thank you, Ricky. <laughs> Yeah, so That's, he has a fraternal twin. So you, you don't have another lookalike, Casey. It's just him. Aw. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine, though, all three of us walking down the street together? <laughs> That'd be like, wild. That's a wild Oreo cookie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. A very That's handsome crazy. one, though. You guys are both handsome, so that's good news. We'd be the most, that's awesome. We'd be the most handsome Oreo cookie to ever walk down the street. <laughs> tasty, I, you know, I, I prefer tasty. You know, <laughs> exquisite. Why? No, okay. No. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, right. Casey. What I about mean, you? <laughs> I mean, what about? Let's get back to this Oreo thing. Yeah. Right so, now. so those um, kids. So how about those? <laughs> no. First off, I mean, I got to give you like you and, 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 and your wife, like major props for being able to do everything that you're doing. Cause being a parent is, is beyond a full, it's the most rewarding experience. I can speak for myself, you know, and I'm sure a lot of parents feel this way. It's the most rewarding experience, but it is, it is, and it's like a 24 hour job, you know? Yes. That's <laughs> never stops. They never leave. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I guess at some point they'll be, but right now, no, we're in the, we're in the fight. Exactly. And, and, you know, unfortunately the seven-year-old knows where the spare key is. We've tried, you know, we just, no, we haven't. We've not <laughs> tried to put, for anybody listening, no, we have not tried to put. Yeah, full disclaimer. Items. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, if you could safely. Uh, I mean, if things You have friends across way, the street, right? Yeah. <laughs> You can last um, a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's another thing. Like, I think, like, I didn't, I didn't get a, not that I didn't get a chance. I actually chose not to raise kids in the military. You know, um, there was a time because, you know, people here, you, you know, you did 13 years, 13 years. You were almost there. Why didn't you do yeah, that? Yeah. It's like, so I was, I was going to ask like, well, there's seven more. You could but that's, that is kind of the make or break point. It's like right around the 10, the 12, the 13 year mark, you start making decisions as to, well, is this what I want to do long term? 
you know, seven, you know, productive years in the civilian, you know, workforce. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Hi. Okay. Who's this? This is Maddox. Do you want to say hi? Hi. Come here. You can say hi. Hi. Hey, buddy. Hi. Hi. You said Maddox? Ricardo. Yeah, Maddox. Maddox. Nice to meet you. Hey, Maddox. You can't hear us. Oh, hold on a second. Hi, Maddox. Hi, Maddox. Nice to meet you. <laughs> How old are you, Maddox? How, How old, old are, are you, you, buddy? He's like, um... He's like, she's, she's stunning. Yeah, exactly, exactly what he's, he's saying. Like, Your dad's going to give you all the snacks that you want. <laughs> all the snacks. Anything. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, can't hear anymore? <laughs> and he's back down. He's there like, you, you made his day. He's, he's two. Um, when I had, you know, another thing that's, I would like to know more about, you know, raising kids in the military past, you know, I, I, I got to, my son it was six months. I was already trend, you know, when we found out that we were pregnant, I was like, okay, this is my enlistment's almost up and this is going to be it. And one of the main, a couple reasons for that was, you know, we talk about seven years. Well, he's seven now. I would have, I would have gotten out and I'm th- I think back and I'm, I don't regret my decision one bit because that could have been, you know, five years, three years, six years of his life, mm-hmm. depending on what was going on in the world that I would have missed out on, yeah. you know, yeah. and then you then when, and then when the parent leaves, you know, their, their partner is, is then kind of a single, right? They're a single parent taking care of the family, taking care of the household, learning to live and be, you know, have that role by themselves. And then you just constantly introduce this, you know, hey, I'm back, you know, um, now let me, I've got, I've got to reassimilate into the family. You know, we've been living our separate lives for, you know, six months, a year, a year and a half. Now we got to learn how to do this, this all mm-hmm. over again. Um, and that just wasn't, something that I was willing to do. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it, it definitely was not easy. And you, know, you know, the military doesn't make, doesn't make, uh, and at the time my wife was, uh, she was also a Marine. So we're a dual, you know, dual military couple right. um, with, uh, we had two kids while she was still in and she was pregnant with our third when she got out. But that was one of those things where it's like, you know, we were in fact, um, and I think God was trying to give us a very clear message um she wanted to deploy i was slated to deploy um and then it was going to be like her mom would come out we were in california at the time her mom would come out to watch the kids for part of that time and then we both be deployed at that time then my mom would come out and they'd kind of like you know exchange (laughs) you know exchange kids and then and then she would take them for the rest of that time and then it was just like this is this is not going to work that's too much and so she decided to get out um, and yes, when I was, you know, when I deployed, she was basically a you know, single, single parent for that period of time. Um, and so it, it's one of those things where I think going in, we, we knew we wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. And so it was never like a showstopper. Like we weren't going to have this, we were, we were not going to have kids while I was still in. That wasn't a thing that we were um, too concerned about. And, and I guess on, on one hand, our kids had some pretty cool adventures that they can remember or we see pictures of them. Look, you were here. Uh, I was never there. I don't remember that. Um, but then the flip side is they never had, you know, really stable friendships. And so moving every three years, four years, so it's like starting all over again. Um, and so we're very mindful of that now, <clears throat> trying to find some stability so that our kids can develop those deep friendships that um, they don't quite have yet. Yeah. You know what's interesting is so Casey, I don't know if you knew this, but our dad was in the military. He was in the army for 27 years. So similar to you. Now the the cool thing, I guess, maybe for my old um, our older brother, is that he and I were I was nine and he was 10 when my dad joined the military, and then we immigrated from Panama and kind of moved, hopped around. Mm-hmm. But for Ricardo, for Ricky, and, and um, his twin Rolando. You guys were only four when we moved. So the experience that you're talking about, like having missed out, I think probably was more marked. I imagine, maybe Ricky, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's probably more marked for you guys than it was for 
Eduardo and I. And what was interesting too is, you know, Casey and you were talking about being absent for those years. It was sometimes really tough. My dad was gone for such long periods of time during those formative years. I, I hate to say this, and he knows this, I'm not speaking out of turn here, but I don't remember him in really important gaps in my life. I don't remember him being around. Like I don't remember him sharing, like he didn't know certain things about me or he didn't go to certain places that we'd gone. Like there were all these gaps. I'm hard pressed to remember like, was dad there for this? Well, he's not. So it's really, I think the concern that you had is actually quite valid because I do, um, although we, he and I have a beautiful relationship now and really well connected, I remember my dad as an adult. I, I, me an adult, he's always been an adult for me, <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't remember him as a baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah that's, yeah. but I, I think you're, you're right. It's a, uh, on one hand, you don't know what you don't know in terms of, I, I never had that experience. So, you know, and, and our, I think similarly with our kids, they, they haven't had a long-term experience in the same location. So they don't know that that's, that's different than what they were used to with moving every three to four years. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think they, they are, especially our oldest, um, like how do you reach out to friends? And it's a lot easier now, right? With the internet and, you know, Zoom, you can reach out and touch your friends and talk to them and stuff. But they probably, right now she's on on Zoom with her friend from, that we had in Hawaii, right? So um, it's one of those things, she can do that. Mm-hmm. Our, our, the four-year-old doesn't know any, any different. Our six-year-old, yeah, I was, I was born here, but she doesn't have, you know, well-defined memories either. But right. I think, to, you know, to your point, Valerie, about the, the quantity versus quality, right? That our, our dad was in our lives. That's the that's the part that's that is potentially missing. Like, hey, when we take these pictures, you were never in them. What was going on? You know, and and you just don't have those shared memories that you would normally have in a more stable, you know, environment. Exactly. It worked, right? I think it worked for yeah. for us. Um, look at look at look at where you are now. You are podcast extraordinaire you are the best sister <laughs> a brother could have <laughs> and i oh i missed your call when you're trying to prep me for your piece so sorry no. i'll read it later <laughs> sorry Just Kate, from the heart get stuck oh. in the crossfire <laughs> We would, don't worry. We'll just do it in post. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, Casey, do you have uh, brothers and sisters? I do. I've got I've got um, two brothers and a sister. And my dad wasn't. He was in the army, but he wasn't. You know, he was out by the time that that we were born. But he also, um, you know, we're a child of uh, we again. Now I guess we're we on this side now, Valerie. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was, you know, child of divorce and he was, you know, uh, a truck driver. So he was, he was always gone. And, and that probably, as I was hearing, you know, your, both of your shared experiences with your dad, I'm thinking now that that probably played a big role in my decision to, to leave the military. Cause I remember it being really difficult um, to not have support for both parents. And then you got to, you know, from, from my aspect, you've got to grow up really fast, right? You yeah. got to learn how to take care of yourself. And there's some, I mean, there's some grit that comes with that. And at the same time, as a child, I didn't want, you know, my boys to feel like they had to, to take care of themselves. or so they had to, you know, you know, their mom is amazing. She's, you know, um, just an amazing, amazing person. Um, and yet, if I weren't in their lives, there's still that part that's missing, right? And mm. I didn't want them to look back and and wonder what was missing or why it was missing. What do you think is miss? What's missing for you, like in your experience? What's missing for me in my experience? For, yeah, you mentioned because your father was not there all the time. So, what did mm-hmm. like one example of something that you thought was missing that you would have oh, liked? That um, you know, for me. I didn't, you know, I kind of had a, like a, a non-stable, <laughs> hey boys. <laughs> I heard the menace in that tone. Take the, take the wrestling outside. I know, right? I was like, man, this is getting deep. So I like do this thing under the table where like, I'm actually telling them to like rile themselves up so I don't have to answer the question. I'm like, yeah, calories getting deep. Um, 
This is Valerie all the time. I can wait. <laughs> I know you can. I've seen you do it. Um, <laughs> what, you know, for me, what was missing is, is that stability. I wasn't in a, a stable environment and, you know, <laughs> easy boys. I just, just, I mean, honestly, just, you know, as a parent, somebody to like, just, you know, have space with you or just say, you know, hey, wow, this is, as a kid, you must be going through a lot right now because a lot's happening in your world. Like, I don't have all the answers, but I'm here for you. Mm. I'll do my best. That's probably what was missing for me. Is Sounds that like a bit of, yeah, some mentoring, some partnership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. And Ricky, what about you? I'm curious, and I, you and I may have talked about this before, but I think for the benefit of the conversation, what would you say was missing for you and Daddy having not been there throughout those formative years? Or the moving around, perhaps? No, I, I like moving around. That was, you know, that was fun. Um, I think in terms of what, what was missing, I think is just, I agree with Casey, those kind of, uh, you know, hanging out, you know, just, hey, what's going on? Not much. And then having those con conversations that just kind of go through different spirals or different rabbit holes, just because you, you felt like talking about it at those times. Hey, you've, well, you know me, sometimes I feel like talking and sometimes I don't. And, and it's, you can't program like, all right, so now I'm ready for that quality, you know, deep dive. It, sometimes it happens and, and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, I think with, you know, with, with our dad, it just, it, we never quite had a chance to just have that random deep conversation about stuff. Um, we, that we can have now and how much, you know, like it's more beneficial would have been to have had that then, you know, as, as an educator now, I can, I can kind of think back to, oh, so you'd have some background knowledge about things that may not have made sense at the time as a teenager, but then as an adult, you can kind of like, oh, so that's what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh, now I get it versus the not having that conversation at all. Then as an adult, like, I don't understand this, you know, and then. I'm trying to build that up much faster. So that's that's what I uh, that's what I would say I've missed the most. The context, yeah. That's interesting. So you guys have both said a few things I wanted to like highlight unrelated to this idea of fatherhood, right? But um, Casey, you mentioned you have two brothers and a sister. And that's like us. Ricky, you also have two brothers and a sister. Yet another reason. <laughs> Like, I didn't know this. It, it, it almost feels like we're just not quite strangers. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. <laughs> and I had no clue. Everybody the had Venn no diagrams clue. are like. I know. <laughs> it's so funny. Valerie's like, I had no clue. And she like puts on her glasses. Brothers and sisters. Family check. Casey, are you the youngest? Oldest. I, I am I'm in the middle so there's I'm kind of like I'm at the bottom but I'm the youngest of the brothers and then I have a younger sister oh okay, okay. <laughs> like that was so that means you're the you're the of, yeah, four four siblings right you yeah. and three yeah. others no it's me I make four yeah yeah so you're four siblings so and so you are let's see I, I'll hold it this way so <laughs> Are you here? <laughs> I'm or on the ring finger. There it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. So sister, I'm a Marine, so you got to break, break it down body style, no, right? So I, I was actually, like, I was like, great math, my only weakness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're so, the second I'm, youngest. Youngest. Yeah. And that, I'm the, same for me. I'm the second, technically the second youngest since I was born 16 minutes before Rolly. So, uh oh, another. Takes me to an explode any minute now. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky I got headphones in because my brain would just start pouring just out start the side. <laughs> so, part of this, <laughs> uh, and I know we could probably go on forever and find these additional ties, but I'm curious now as we're coming to the end of our hour together. What what is the experience like for you? What are you taking away from having met each other on a podcast, for example? Oh man, um, I think like as soon as I think like the first couple sentences that Ricardo and I said to each other, I was like, "Man, this dude's cool." 
and <laughs> like it was just like a mesh and so i'm i'm taking away like number one is like now this this other you know connection connection with somebody that i had you know i only knew through you and i mean i think that's that's wonderful to be able to connect with with people um especially really really awesome people another thing is like it's you know we don't to me i don't think we take a lot of time to really sit down and 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 i'm saying this very general of course mm -hmm. but i don't think we take a lot of time to really sit down and get to know each other anymore yeah. um and there's a lot of reasons for that i think and you know but that that's what's really missing and this mm -hmm. is a global thing now you know i don't think yeah. we take enough time to sit down and get to know one each other and it could be many reasons it could be like fear of of the un the unknown fear of, you know, looking like a fool or something like that when you're talking to somebody. But I, I think if anything, what I'm taking away is just Valerie, what you continue to do with the show is to show people the, the amazing things that can happen when you start building connection. And it just takes, you know, that first sentence or the first bridge, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. It's one of those, um, you know, what I've reached out to you, Casey, I mean, I didn't know you from Adam, right? Um, what I've reached out to, oh, Casey Field, let's, uh, let's talk. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'd say no, right? Because, you know, we have, I think part of it is just time and, you know, who are you? I don't know you. There's no, like, you know, built-in um, <clears throat> opportunity to, to form a relationship, at least outside of what Valerie has put together here. And so I think um, it's one of those things where people can get along with a lot of people, you just have to be in the same room with them, right? And in our case, in the same virtual space. So you can have that, just have a conversation. Hey, oh, we have similar, you either look alike, family <laughs> situations, military experience, and, you know, just putting it all together. Um, but just, you won't find that out without actually getting to know people. Mm -hmm. um, and so this, I, 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 that's one of the things I like about this podcast. And we, I always joke with Valerie about how, you know, she can go to the, the supermarket and, you know, have a deep conversation with the grocery, you know, the, the checkout person. So how do you feel about that? Huh, why, why did you, your eye, your eyebrow twitched. Why? What happened? You know, and it's like, but you can have those deep conversations in a, in a way, in a, you know, in a safe place. And Val is a good facilitator for this kind of stuff. Um, she asks the right questions. She pulls on the right strings and um, helps to, to, to bring us out, you know, out of our, out of our comfort zone in one mm -hmm. sense, but also just into a, a more meaningful relationship with people that we don't normally get to talk to. I really Absolutely. appreciate that. But I think the question that Casey really wants to know is, do you also think he's cool? I, <laughs> he's cool. I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't going to do He's an like awesome that. person. He, no, he know, is. Right? He's awesome. It's, it's, a, it's an opportunity for me to, to meet somebody I have not met before. And he is cool, interesting. I mean, I was kind of like, oh, maybe we should look him up on Facebook and become Facebook friends with him. Just to, you know, just to kind of share in that sense, you know, our lives together. You're going a little fast, Ricardo. You know, <laughs> Facebook. The right, I'm going to swipe. The left or right? How do you? <laughs> Is that Casey with an E? Why? <laughs> Let so, me see here. Um, so now I want to build back. So I'm curious, what were you expecting? If you were expecting anything? And if so, what surprised you? I'm not sure I had like, I'm not sure I, I had really any expectations. I knew that it was going to be something special because, you know, Valerie is something that you're putting, you're, you're doing. And uh, you've, I've always experienced you as a person that doesn't just do things to do things. There's a purpose behind it and there's passion behind it. Um, so I knew this was going to be special. Um, what I think, again, what surprised me is just like the ease of upon meeting Ricardo, like the ease that we just like got alone long, started, you know, cracking jokes. Um, it just felt really comfortable, you know? Ricky, what surprised you? <laughs> um, what did you expect? It's what, what did I expect and what surprised me? Um, I didn't have any like preformed opinions, like, oh, this is gonna be a drag or this is gonna be exciting. It was just like, all right, here's, Valerie setting us up for a conversation. Let's see what happens, you know. Um, but I also know that you, you know, Valerie, you don't, you don't do anything halfway. You're very pur purposeful behind the, the way you do things, which is great. 
Um, and so I was kind of like, all right, I was interested in my curiosity of, you know, of knowing somebody, learning about somebody else and getting a chance to meet with somebody else's, uh, honestly got the better of me, but I was, I was looking forward to this opportunity. So I guess that's the, that's the way I would put it. And, you know, Casey's a, he's, he's cool. Um, we can, even if you were on the podcast, <laughs> even if you, Valerie, even if you were on the podcast, you, you could like drop off right now. And I think we'd still have a conversation and just talk oh, about stuff. Yeah. Right. So, so, so like, you're like Casey giving his seven-year-old the key. Is that what I, mean? <laughs> that's, that's a I We'll let you back in yeah. after a few minutes. <laughs> okay. I don't want to be the one to say it, but I mean, if you were to drop off right now, it would be, we'd be okay. the show would go on. That's right. <laughs> I love this. And I would say, I'm not surprised because I don't know there's some instinct in me that pairs some people together. But um, I was surprised by how quickly the humor and the lightness and the banter started up. I mean, y'all, for those of you watching and listening, it happened like the 20 minutes that we had before we actually turned on the live uh, stream. It just started up. And that's it's, sat- it's a Saturday afternoon thing, I think. You know. Is it? It's a little punchy, yeah. everybody. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. But it was fun. It was really fun. And uh and so I appreciate that. And I think what I've also learned in the process myself is the fact that these, these especially in the military, I was a little bit nervous. I got to admit that it would get kind of technical and you talk about like, you know, the AFSE and then the MOS and, and we'd have all these acronyms thrown out and you'd have all these experiences and that'd be kind of like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I also learned, I learned from an experience I had in an earlier podcast that, yeah, I can still elevate the conversation so that more people can engage and, you know, they don't have to have military background in order to understand. Um, But you guys are also so much more than what you did in your career. And I know (laughs) just literally just peek behind the curtain very, very quickly. There's, there's a lot more there. Um, Trust me, I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> more about Rick Ian than I do about you, Casey, but in general, but I know there's so much there. There's such depth and there's such commitment to the things that you guys do and how much you care about the stuff mm-hmm. you do. So actually, I don't want to miss that out because you did kind of tease a little bit on that. What do you guys do now that you're out of the military? Um, what I do is classified at the highest levels. <laughs> you don't I mean, even want to know how many people he's had to kill. Yeah. We're just even breathing. Did you say- <laughs> mm. I am Jason Bourne. <laughs> I mean, Valerie, you've had some close calls. You don't even know you've had some close calls. <laughs> I prefer a Lupin. I'm more of a Lupin guy. <laughs> Lupin. Lupin, yes. Lupin. Have you seen Lupin, no, but, Casey? It's good stuff. Uh, what is it? Check it out. Uh, Lupin and Netflix. On Netflix, oh, okay. yeah. All right, it's pretty cool. It it's like a, Valerie, what did you say? It's like a mix between Ocean's Eleven, yeah. Jason Bourne, kind of. It's, it's pretty neat. It, it is. It is a, it's a interesting, and it's in, it's, uh, in French, but uh, also simulcasted in English. Yeah. If that's, yeah. L-U-P-I-N. So. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. I'm going to check it out. I love Netflix recommendations. I mean, I, I bought the TV, but I, I don't own it. So. <laughs> you got to use a, your own device, otherwise you're stuck. Uh. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to check that out. But you guys are clearly not uh, in Ocean's Eleven nor <laughs> Jason Bourne. So what do you do now? How do you know? I know. I was well, thinking well, you, like, yeah, like, that's a big assumption. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this isn't really a house behind you. <laughs> Valerie, I'll have you know it at this elevation. Uh, at this elevation, elevation, elevation. <laughs> at this, at this elevation, I know. Uh, how elevated are you? I know that I can run. In California, least, you know. I, I know I can run at least a fourth of a mile at a light jog before I get winded. <laughs> Just letting you know. No, are But in you know, all seriousness, I'm, a, I'm an elementary school teacher right now, um, teaching math and science, fifth grade math and science. That's so awesome, man. You're like your whole life. It's from what I know about you now, it sounds like your whole life has been dedicated to service. And now you've, to me, there's, there's no other important profession than, than educators. There's no other oh, thank profession you. than educators. I, I really believe that. And 
yeah. I, I think also they're very undervalued. Very, educators in this country are very undervalued, and it's that's a whole other thing. I, I appreciate what yes, you do. Yes, it's a whole other podcast. No. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, but I'll I, I also say that parents are the first educator, right? So it all starts at the home. Mm-hmm. And so by the time they get into the classroom, you know, there's been five years of formative experiences that are setting us, you know, that, that child up for um, continued to sex in the, in the classroom. But thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah we, we try to teach our kids, you know, before they even went to school, this is how the proper way to eat glue. And so they already had it, like, as soon as they got in, they knew exactly how to do hey, it. These are critical skills that they need to master before they get into, you know, kindergarten. So, yeah. It's like, uh-uh, mm-hmm. none of that Elmer stuff. Some, exactly. Quality. <laughs> let me let me tell you let me tell you how to play freeze tag for real you push you shove you don't just push it's not a little tap you gotta show them that you really mean it yeah the harder you shove the more you like them that's that's how it works (laughs) um yeah i I do i do a lot of different things so uh i'm a professional coach um i'm also a mentor coach um i lecture uh, with you, Valerie, at the Haas School of Business, and we also, together with Valerie, um, uh, are faculty coaches for Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute. Um, and I love doing all those things while traveling the world and doing it, and especially working with people who have a bigger purpose um, than, than, I guess I would term it, than just themselves. They want to have more impact in the world. Those are the people I love work with those are the people that usually i find myself coaching the most often that's so cool so again yet another time is this that, how many that four or five fingers now that both of you educators we're gonna have to all put ours together <laughs> somehow <laughs> <laughs> but you um both of you have committed your lives right truth be told both of you have committed your lives not only to the service in the military but also to serving your families and then serving leaders and future leaders as young as fifth grade, right? And then also adults in your coaching profession. Yeah. And you know, I- everyone, everyone needs that level of support, right? So, um, so just as much as oh, teachers get a lot of credit in the classroom, you know, coaches are just as important to help uh, adults and you know, young adults you know, get that, you know, uh, establish solid directions in their lives. And if not, just to have that conversation of what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't really thought about it. And somebody who's a little more experienced that, you know, here's how you can navigate the world. Here's how you can navigate the things that are going inside your head and your heart um, to put you in the right position. Um, those are important skills to, to have. And so thank you for, you know, for those coaches out in the world that, and you guys for the job that you do. So. Yeah. Well, I want to acknowledge both of you. You know, we always say thank you for your service when you're in the military. And I would also add that this thank you for your service and continuing to develop yourself and continuing to pour into your families, continuing to devote your time to then give to other people, right, as educators. And that's the thing. I think all of us should be thankful for our service. Find somewhere to serve. Find somewhere that matters to you, somewhere that is needed, somewhere that is appreciated, missing. And first of all, you know, this is a service to me. The fact that both of you said yes, that you're willing to come and and First of all, experience this uh, experiment <laughs> and also to share so joyfully. That's the thing that I walk away with. There's so much joy in our conversation today, even though Casey is now admonishing his seven and two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can hear that. There's a ton of joy over here. <laughs> a lot of joy. Push it till it hurts. No. <laughs> Yes, no, it sounds here. like you have some Marines in the in the making over there. That's good. That's good. I'm I'm sorry. What now? That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, all good, Casey. Thank you. And I do want to say thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you for contributing yourselves. I would you know, definitely encourage you guys to stay in touch somehow because I think there's so much there that we barely got to, barely scratched the surface today. Um, but any last words before we sign off? Uh, yes, he's like, I'll yeah. the same I'll, that, that, I'll, I'll leave it with that. You know, sometimes life gives you joy and sometimes life gives you, I don't know what this is about to be pain or something else. 
I'm so happy to be, honestly really happy to be here. I'm sorry for the screaming. Baby. It's all right. Don't worry, Casey. It's part of life. We're good. I mean, it could be you screaming, but it's the baby screaming, so it's, yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, but uh, no, just thanks for thanks for inviting me. Thanks for thinking of me and for this putting this all together. Awesome. Right on. Well, more to come. For those of you who have watched this wonderful episode, please make sure you subscribe. And actually, I'm not going to tell you. Ricardo's daughter, Carly's going to tell you. Here she is. You've been listening to the podcast, Not Quite Strangers. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite video or podcast platform. And for more information and content, go to notquitestrangers.com. See you next time. Thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of the day.